Welcome to season three of Her Money Club Stories. I'm your host, Rachel Minnie, and I'm excited to share with you that Her Money Club has grown to over 600 women learning together about monetizing their skills, money management, and building wealth. After 17 years of being in the financial services industry, I'm really over the industry selling you products you don't need and not focusing on how they can best support you with your mindset and habits. So I want millennial women to be less stressed about money and I have a surprise for you. I've revamped our money library membership and we'll be giving it to you for a limited time at half the price. The money library gives you access to over 146 bite-sized lessons like organizing and automating your money, establishing clear goals, specifically based on your values, eliminating stress by improving your money mindset, discussing with community members just like you who are taking action to get 1% better every day with their money journey. If you want access to the money library and all of the basics that you need to be successful with your habits and money mindset, you can check it out at financialfitnessunleashed.com slash membership. The next 100 members will receive the half off price. Again, that's financialfitnessunleashed.com slash membership. I'm excited to share more with you this season and hear about your aha moments from this episode. Don't forget to share a screenshot of the episode and tag me at Her Money Club Community on Instagram. With that, let's dive into our juicy conversation today. Hello and welcome everyone to Her Money Club Stories, season three, amazing. This season, we are going to be focusing on the truth behind what it takes to work your corporate job and monetize your skills and really fully live in your passions. And today I have a really exciting guest. We have a lot in common when it comes to talking about mindset and releasing trauma and really understanding how your mind-body connection can allow you to feel at ease as you do all of these different things to fulfill the needs that you have. So as you follow along with her story, we're going to discover some mindset tools, tricks, building blocks, challenges that unfold. And I would love to introduce to you, Meredith. Meredith, what are you doing now? And what are kind of the different elements of the work that you incorporate into your life? Oh man, depends on the day of the week and sometimes the hour of the day. Right. <laughs> um, and thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, yeah. So I am a serial entrepreneur. I own a mobile bartending company and I do bar consultation for um, event companies. I am a holistic trauma resolution practitioner. I have a lot of different modalities that I offer with that from um, mindset work, subconscious rewiring to somatics, parts therapy, um, trauma releasing body movement, nervous system regulation, the list goes on. Uh, And I am a waitress and a bartender. I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm really curious how you even got started in trauma resolution and nervous system regulation. Like how did that begin for you? Yeah. Uh, everyone asks me how I got into that work and it's always by hitting rock bottom, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I experienced, how did <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of trauma in my life. I was hit by a semi-truck when I was 17 years old. I was diagnosed with a lot of back problems even prior to that. I had a back surgery when I was 19. I wasn't able to walk for a lot of my 20s. Um, 
I experienced sexual assault. I um, lost a $6 million investment uh, Mm -hmm. for my first company. Um, And then my infertile partner and I were all of a sudden pregnant and I was pregnant. uh, And so that was like just the, that and the, the $6 million loss all happened within six months. And I had built my identity into that business. So I suddenly didn't know who I was and had lots of unprocessed stuff coming up and um, add mom guilt and societal expectations of like perfect motherhood and my like all or nothing perfectionist patterns. And, uh, and you have the perfect makings of a breakdown. (laughs) So um, I, I knew that my path was untenable as it was, and that I was going to cause a lot of harm for my child if I didn't find some solutions. So um, at my rock bottom, I said, I have two choices. I can either commit myself or I can give it hell and figure out a way to heal. And I started with mindset and self-care in the middle of like, like the kind of storm of my breakdown had this aha moment go off. And it was like, I am running my head into a wall over and over and over, wanting something different, knowing that I'm here for a reason. I've had multiple near-death experiences. Like I know I'm here for a reason and it feels like it's big and Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't know what it is. I feel so disconnected from that. And it gave me a lot of anxiety. And then I realized I'm not doing anything differently though. I know I'm here for a reason. I want something different than what I have now. And I haven't done anything to change. So I started Googling the most successful people in the world and they all had two things in common. They knew that they were their number one asset. And so they had a very um, structured self-care practice and they knew that their thoughts had a very profound effect on their reality and on reality creation. And so I started there. I created a little self-care routine And I committed to completely changing my thoughts. And in four months, my life was completely different. And I actually made a post about this today. Mindset work took me so far. Like it, my life was completely transformed in four months and I hit a wall. It was like, there's this resistance, like I'm plateauing, backsliding a little, like what else is going on? So then I started looking at energetics and same thing, great results but there was still something missing. So then I started getting like really obsessed with the mind-body connection. And that led me to nervous system regulation and led me to trauma work. And that all of that combined the holistic human approach mm-hmm. um, has, has changed everything in my life and in lives of my clients. And that's how I got into it from a lot of my own trauma. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And thank you for your vulnerability and sharing. It's not always easy for us to kind of relive some moments. So I appreciate that. Um, I want to start with something you said around and four months later, I changed my life that we do this a lot where we generalize. And I want to understand the specifics for others who are like, okay, but how, but how, because there's a lot of people in our community who have that similar stuck point where they know change needs to happen. They are very aware, but what's like the, the sticking point, right? Like what actually got you to change? How did you do it? Like, tell me a little bit about the first few days, but then when you realized four months later, or maybe you realized a year later, oh, that four month period of time is what did, did the thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were kind of different things with 
the elements that shifted that were individual to that element. So with my back, um, so I, this all happened between Christmas and New Year's. And so I was like, okay, New Year's, I'm starting, right? My mindset is changing. And so I did some identifying at that point. I was so cute. I was like, no, I conscious, like there, I don't have limiting beliefs. I know that I want these things. And I hadn't dug into the subconscious layers. And if the, the subconscious, the conscious and the body are not on board, it will not be in your reality. So, um, for my physical body, I actually uh, wasn't able to walk very often. And, um, I got into a little fender bender and it was the first thing in January that like really challenged the mindset practice that I had dedicated myself to. And as it's happening, I'm like, this woman is screaming at me because it was totally my fault. Um, and I am like, no, everything is happening for my highest and greatest good. The next day I pull my car over and I was in so much pain and I was like doing the coping thing. Right. So I pull up Facebook and the first thing I see is a chiropractic ad. And I called them immediately, made an appointment. And it just so happened that that little fender bender got me $5,000 in free chiropractic care. And that chiropractor out of all the chiropractors and doctors I've seen within six weeks, um, I, my entire spine shifted. I was able to stand up for the first time, like all the way in almost a decade, maybe more, um, from that, I was able to be active and lose 60 pounds in four months, I was, uh, I mean, that alone, not being in chronic pain, had a huge shift on my personality and my perspective and reinforced the mindset work. I did a lot of, um, uh, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I was doing a lot of somatic work and tuning into my body. Um, I wrote a letter to my womb, uh, apologizing to it for all of the things that I had um, <laughs> put it through. And um and also sending it love for all of the things that it had endured, that it didn't choose. And um, really learned to like fall back in love with myself and be present with my body. And I I just like really fell in love with my body again. And I, I had a moment today actually where I was talking about it in that post and I just like stopped and I hugged myself and I was like, you are so amazing. Like you are this incredible vehicle that is so resilient and like is the the vehicle through which I get to experience life and like our bodies are just so incredible and we make them bad all the time and they're just so awesome. Um, so that was a huge part of it. And then I realized that I was really committed to victimhood and excuses. And I, um, I hired my first coach with money I did not have, which I don't always recommend, um, but I did it. And I made it work. And in one session, she was like, you're just committed to your excuses. And I got in my feelings and I huffed around for like three hours. Like, you don't know me. My life is just harder. And then I was like, no, I am committed. I'm going to figure out a way. And within a week, I had a brand new job, um, left the very toxic work environment that I was in and did it gracefully, which is, I bet... <laughs> old me it was like the flip tables kind of girl <laughs> not a leave the job peacefully oh, girl, I know. yes I feel you <laughs> uh, yeah and I had like a really terrible inappropriate boss and I was able to be like grateful for that experience and be like without this uncomfortable experience I never would have been forced out of this comfort zone right because when we're used to something that is often perceived as safer than the unknown so it finally, like all of these things collectively, like finally got me to move. I got a new job when I didn't think that I could, um, tripled my income, 
went from a beat up old Pontiac to a beautiful Cadillac SUV for my 30th birthday, improved my relationships um, to myself and to my family, became a present mother. Like it was, it was a lot. Yeah. Mm, That's so beautiful. Mm, So juicy. I love it. Okay. I got to decide like, where do I want to go next? Because there's so much here. And I think what I resonate with the most is that self-love journey. And this has been even newer for me to go deeper in as I travel the world. And it's like, how do I exercise and travel? How do I, you know, manage the self-love piece as I'm, you know, gallivanting all over the place. And I really had to have that same type of honest conversation of, you know, making excuses. I have a yoga mat that I travel with and I wasn't using it the first half of my travels and just like, okay, I just have to change and like really commit to that process. So I, I acknowledge you for the commitment because something that we actually talked about in the episode people will listen to before this one is making the decision to commit and now the little intricacies of what happens when you commit and this unfolds with with this and this it's like the lynch right every single little piece makes a difference and that's what creates this four-month resounding transformation in life um okay since we are her money club, let's talk about the transition where you got a new job and then tripled your income. I'm curious about that. Yeah, I went from serving at a burger and brew pub to working at a fine dining burlesque club, uh, Prohibition mm-hmm. Bar and Jazz Lounge. It's very, very highly rated in the country. Um, it's pretty famous. And I... I, I'm still there almost five years later and I, I still love it. It still has a very special place in my heart and I'm so grateful to it because I have, I mean, it's, it's taught me so much and it has provided an amazing income that has allowed me to grow my businesses and to invest in my education and to invest in my developing my skill sets and provide for my family and allow my partner to retire and be a stay-at-home dad. And uh, have I gotten to where I wanted to go as fast as old me wanted to? No, I haven't. Has it all been working out perfectly? Yes. I am so grateful that I actually didn't rush because that I was always trying to get to where I was going as fast as possible with my ass on fire. And Uh, And, you know, do two businesses at once and raise a kid and all the other things that I was involved in. And I was always so impatient. And there are all of these coaches in, in the marketplace that are like, no, 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 quit your job, make the big leap. Um, You just have to make the decision and like be in my energy and match my vibration. And then everything is just like magically going to work out for you. And it's like, Bitch, please. That's what I think. <laughs> that 
some person's story? Like, do some people have that story? Yes. One of my favorite business mentors, she quit her job in the middle of the night and she left her husband and had a kid and was pregnant and like, she had to make it work. And she still publicly speaks about how that wrecked her nervous system. And so, uh, you know, even though there were periods of discomfort and like the shame of being 30 and still a waitress, just a waitress. Right. Um, now I'm able to look back and just have so much gratitude because it gave me that stable foundation to regulate my nervous system, to have financial security, to be able to create offers from my heart and not from a place of necessity or scarcity. I I've never, ever once had to put an offer out because I had to every single thing that I create is because it's been placed on my heart. And because I've also had the luxury of having my stable income to allow me to spend $10,000 in six months on a very intensive trauma resolution program, or, you know, go to a retreat with an amazing mentor, or you just, I mean, to study, to be mentored, to have coaches, to get certifications. Um, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I know that even though I had that perceived like shame, and um, stigma of like just being a waitress and feeling like, like it really triggered my mommy issues and then the daddy issues that I have from my mommy uh, where I was like, oh, I have to be good enough. I have to be good enough. I have to earn my love and approval and acceptance and worthiness and work really hard. Um, I, I've healed all of that and I've had time and the financial resources to do it. And also like, it's just so beautiful how perfectly the path has lined up for me because I've been able to develop the skill sets that time between like when I started the, my most recent, like my current job and started my businesses to where I am now, like I have developed all the skill sets that I've needed to get to this point where it's like, wow, things are really taking off. And I have this gorgeous regulated nervous system because old me would have like, Ooh, things are getting too good. And I even got to the point where I was like, things feel so good. I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm about to like start a little ruckus because this doesn't feel safe, right? Like this, it's so good. It's not safe. So instead of just like something else happening, like I'll just be the one to screw it up. Right. Um, and now like I've, I've gotten to work through all of that and, and come to this place where I'm really ready and you know, to leave that job soon and to do what I'm meant to do full time. And it's been a really beautiful journey. Incredible. I love it. I want to go back to some things you said around safety with money and dig in a little bit deeper here, because I think this is something that a lot of people in my experience aren't aware of. And there's two sides, I feel. There's this fear of not even getting started because what you're making that mean about you. So you have all these tools that you're gathering for your own personal journey. And now you've decided you've committed to, I'm going to share these tools with others. I'm going to coach others to help them with it. And you have kind of this side thing where you're doing that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are even afraid to do that while they still have a full-time job for so many reasons, but the, the emotion is fear, right? There's a fear, but then there's also this like 
safety with money. Like it feels comfortable. It feels safe. I'm going to continue doing this thing that I don't enjoy uh, going to a corporate job, going any, any job you just don't enjoy, even though I know I want something else. So my question around this is, how do you, and, and just more of your opinions on like, how do you actually continue to create safety and navigate the fear? First and foremost, knowing that you can have both. Cause I think that we're, we're kind of hammered a lot with like, you have to either be in the, the stereotypical nine to five or, you know, regular job, or you have to fully commit to being an entrepreneur, but like you can do both. Um, my encouragement is to like, if you are uncomfortable in a job, if you are, if you don't feel safe in a job, like there are other jobs, do not be afraid to go out and find something that doesn't feel icky to your soul and to your body, because your body will start to create reasons for you not to go to that job. Um, so first and foremost, just like making sure that you can do work that is as aligned as possible. And if for some reason, um, you know, that is not what you're going to do, then make sure that the rest of your life is in alignment to what you actually do want, which is, you know, like I have friends that I know that are, have been saying for years, oh, I'm only going to be doing this for two more years and then I'm going to be done. And four and a half years later, they're still saying the exact same thing. And it's like, okay. And they have the side hustle that they haven't done. I actually gave this friend a, a little bag that said everything you want is on the other side of fear. So it's like, are your actions in alignment? Are you developing your career on the side, right? Are you developing your skills? Are you devoting time to that? Um, or are you just like watching TV and shopping, you know? So you really have to, there is that decision. There's that commitment. Um, and then using your money wisely and knowing that it loves to come to you. It loves to support you. Uh, all of your wants and needs are divinely supported and making sure that you are being a good steward of what you're given and making sure that you leverage that money to get you where you really want to go. I love it. I love it. How have you um, leveraged your money? I love that term, first of all, but I find that especially for women, when we talk about leveraging assets and using money to make more money, it's, you know, kind of deer in the headlights, like, huh, I don't understand what that means. And there's a lot of how questions. So how have you done that for yourself? And, and how did you learn even? Uh, I learned the true, like, I don't know if you're familiar with human design, but I'm a three, five manifesting generator. So I did it that way. Um, <laughs> trial and error, throwing pasta at a wall to find out what sticks. Um, but I, uh, I was not, I, I grew up very poor. I was not taught anything about money except for that. It was hard to come by and that it was, it left faster than it came. Um, I learned that money was the source of pain and of tension and relationship issues. And so I really dove into my money mindset and figured out what I wanted my money story to be and did a lot of work healing around my subconscious beliefs around money. I have a full course on it. Um, but 
ultimately I went the route of reinvesting everything that I earned back into my businesses. And I was able to do that because I had the job, right? Um, so now I have this bartending company that went from in 2019, we did 12 weddings. And in 2020, COVID year, did 80 in six months. Yeah. And I just continued to pay myself what I paid all of my other bartenders and work. I hired an assistant so that I could have the support. Um, and I would be at my serving gig and I would have four bartenders at four different events and I was making money in multiple places at the same time. And I did the same thing with my coaching practice. Anytime I would sign a high ticket client, I would invest in a new program or a new certification where I was growing my, my skill sets. Um, and then I would, I would balance as well. Like for the six months, I'm going to focus on a skill set and embodying that. And then the next six months, I'm going to hire support for marketing or for content creation or, um, or whatever it is. So I, again, I'm so grateful for this job and this steady income so that I could hire the things along the way to really build a sustainable foundation, to get the support financially, to hire the CPA, to hire the assistant, um, to build it to a point where I have a team of 20 bartenders and I'm getting paid thousands and thousands of dollars for consulting. Um, it was reinvesting back into the business, knowing this is what I'm good at. This is my, my zone of genius. That's my bartending company, right? That's my zone of genius. And then my passion and my other zone of genius is the healing work. And so I just reinvested everything back into um, growing that and growing my capacity as a leader and a business owner and walking the talk. Yeah. And growing capacity as a leader, I think is something, at least for me in my journey, like that was something like super pivotal because once you start asking different questions of yourself and your capacity and you say you want this but do you understand what it's going to require of you right now there's a responsibility in it and now it's like oh okay if I say I want to make x amount of dollars if I say I want to live x lifestyle it's going to require different things of me so I love I love that you brought that up um, I want to go back to something you mentioned around, you know, hiring your first assistant, because this is another kind of, I, I don't want to call it a pain point, but stuck point where people get in, okay, you're making good money, you created stability, and you're doing all this work. So from a mindset perspective, in your opinion, how did you allow yourself to hire an assistant and to delegate even and to let some things go? Well, I am neurodivergent. I'm extremely ADHD and I know what my strengths are and I know what my weaknesses are. And I also knew that, I mean, like I'm a manifesting generator, so it is just my nature to have multiple projects and for that to be fun and exciting and fulfilling for me. And I knew that I could not wear every hat in every business. Um, so I really had the choice where it was like, do I roll the dice and go on on this business and quit my job? Or do I stay at my job and do I hire someone that has a different skill set than I do? And we do it together. 
And that's the route that I chose. And honestly, four years later, she is my pepper pots. She holds the keys to my kingdom. She's the wind beneath my wings, my North star, and also my best friend. And we've never met in person. She lives in Australia. Um, and now we're business partners and we're partnering on our own company. And uh, yeah, I, I decided I'm going to not try to be good at everything or great at everything. It's finding, this is my zone of genius. This is my zone of ex excellence. This is my zone of mediocrity. And this is my zone of stay away and hire someone else. <laughs> so just got very comfortable with like, I, I love myself. I don't have to be everything to everyone. And I'm going to hire support and stay at my job longer. And I, anytime I open my Canva and I'm looking at like all the things that I've created, I'm like, it would literally take me 10 years just to turn a Google doc into this. And she does it in 10 minutes. Yeah. So like my assistant, they're geniuses. <laughs> geniuses. Mm -hmm. um, and there are also so many different um, options to hire VAs at incredibly reasonable rates. Um, I mean, like if you have ever read four hour work week, there's tons of resources in there. Um, it, it is accessible to you. There are options available, even if you start with just a couple hours a week or a couple hours a month, like whatever it is that you feel the most resistance around that is not your zone of genius or excellence, get support. And if that means staying in your job a little bit longer, I say for my, for me, from my experience, it was an excellent decision. Worth it. Yeah. There's two things I want to point out, um, manifesting generator. So I am also manifesting generator. And that's also something I had to learn, which was the delegation process because my conditioned self was do all the things all the time. And I'm running around with my head cut off, but my version of that, you know, at a hundred percent is still better than most people's, you know, 150%. So it was always confusing because it's like, well, I'm burnt out and I could still keep going right as the generator that I am. But that's where, to your point, like I would get into breakdown with my health and my nervous system and can do that forever. So if you're a manifesting generator and you're not delegating, <laughs> this is a note to you to please start delegating as many things as possible because you will get so much further, so much faster. And if that's what you want, delegate. Yes. Um, Especially the human root. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the other part I want to, uh, what was it? Mm, I didn't write down. Okay. It'll come back to me if it's meant to be. Okay. I want to get into a little bit more of your work around trauma resolution and just have you share more of um, who you work with and who you really enjoy connecting with on that. And then I know you kind of listed off some of the specific modalities, but maybe just pinpoint two or three that like you really enjoy and are lit up by and, and can help people with. Yeah. Um, I have to say that somatics is probably somatics and parts work are two really um, special modalities that and um, the trauma releasing body work. Um, those are definitely probably my favorites right now. If I had to choose a favorite, they're powerful. They're really powerful. And somatics involves um, it involves tuning into the body, right? Because the body is carrying 
unprocessed trauma. It's carrying unprocessed emotions. And the fact of the matter is that we're humans. So we're, none of us are immune from trauma, right? And there's big T and there's little T trauma. There's different types of trauma. There's different flavors. We've all experienced it if we are human. And sometimes trauma is not what has happened, but what hasn't happened. So we all have some, we've all been touched by trauma at some point. And 99.9% of us do not uh, work with it and process it in a healthy way in the moment. What we do is, well, we usually do what our parents did and what's been modeled to us and what we're conditioned from a very early age is appropriate or acceptable. Um, And then we cope, we numb, we dissociate. If you're like me, a lot of times, like the really, the heady people, um, we dissociate. We just like pop out of our body. I realized I spent a solid 15 years out of my body because I was in chronic pain and experienced a lot of trauma that involved my body and it was not a safe place to be. So I wasn't in my body until not that long ago. And it was just like the most, it felt like a hallucinogenic experience. And like, I'd been like dropped into some kind of simulation and like my perspective with the world completely shifted. And now I can tell like, Ooh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm starting to move out of my window of tolerance because I feel really, really tall. I feel like a balloon tied to a string tied to my body. Um, when I know that I'm really grounded, when I feel like closer to the ground, it's really crazy. Um, but yeah, trauma resolution has been really, really powerful. Um, and, and like the, the last key that like really unlocks the door. Cause it was like, I know my vision. I know where I'm going, know what I'm doing. The how is still not fully hashed out, but I know, I know. and this is where we're going. But like the trauma work was what collapsed all of the patterns that kept me overworking to the point of burnout because I was trying to earn and prove or overworking because I was dissociating and didn't want to deal with things. And I'm so cute that I was thinking about my emotions and not feeling them, but I thought that thinking about my emotions was feeling them. Um, and so like somatics is just connecting to the body and saying like, okay, the body's holding on to all of these things. And just noticing the sensations of the body and tracking the armoring and like, oh, this tension in my neck and shoulders, um, being present with it instead of just trying to make it go away or distract ourselves, but being present with it and then finding out what that stored emotion or stored trauma or stored energy is underneath it. And then with the loving presence of a safe practitioner, opening that up, being with it, being with what is and allowing it to, um, to alchemize and to transmute and to reclaim that energy that you've been using to repress because it takes a tremendous amount of energy to keep these things repressed. Like my son in the bathtub the other day was, gave me the perfect example. He was trying to hold a balloon underwater and <laughs> it, he was struggling with it and he's holding it. And then he, it slips out of his hands and it pops him in the face. And I was like, that is what we do with our trauma and our emotions. Like there's just such a huge stigma around emotions that we learn from our parents and they learn from their parents. And like, I think we're just now kind of starting to wake up to the fact that our emotions are important, that processing them with the loving presence of someone else who can hold us and hold safe space and love us 
right? To, to give that love and attention to us, that compassion when we're going through an intense anger release or um, crying and snotty, like that is incredibly powerful and healing. And so that's what somatics does. And then the parts therapy really allow people are doing parts work all the time and they don't realize it. They're like, part of me like really wants to go to target, but the other part of me is like, mm, don't spend the money. Like those are our parts, right? Um, so we use the somatics and, um, the parts work to figure out where these, where these programs are coming from, right. Where these old patterns are coming from this feeling in my body. How old is it? Oh, it, this is from when I was three years old and my mom did this and it made me feel this for the first time I've been carrying this since I was three and then allowing all of that emotion to be witnessed. And, um, it's probably the most powerful thing that I've ever done for myself and that I've ever done for my clients. And I have not all day. My phone's been going off of like, Oh my gosh, this is really working. Oh my God. This is so powerful. This is great. Hey, get it. Like, like they're into it. And like, we've been at it for like a month in this mastermind that I'm doing that these women are just like, I mean, it works so fast and it's incredible when you show up for the work, but, um, yeah. Trauma work is scary. It's very hard. Uh, there are definitely times where I'm like, this is the worst thing I've ever done. Why did I do this? And then six months later, I'm like, oh my God, all of these patterns are gone. Like my fawn response is gone. I can lovingly advocate for myself and reclaim my boundaries and have confronting conversations from a place of love and use it as an opportunity to learn more about what's important to each other and find something that works for everyone. Like it's just, it's mind blowing and I'm lit up about it and I want the whole world to be able to experience it. Yes, me too. So on that note, please share with everyone how they can find you. And then if you want to share about your mastermind or anything you got going on as programs that you are offering. Oh yeah. Um, my mastermind, I'm actually doing a really unique thing and it's currently only for local people because we do, um, local meetups in a bathhouse where I lead really gorgeous regulation activities and meditations. Um, I am working on transitioning that to a digital model, um, to offer the same kind of presence and nourishment digitally. So stay tuned. Uh, but I did today do what? Where are you located? Oh, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so I launched today my nervous system masterclass. It's going to be a 90 minute masterclass on how to regulate your nervous system, why it's important, what happens when you're in a trauma response, how to track your system and know if you're um, in hyperarousal or hypoarousal, what you can do to regulate and really just look at the impact that your trauma responses and your, um, dysregulation, like how that's shown up in your life and how your childhood programming and experiences are really kind of pulling the strings behind the show. Right. And it also comes with a very deep dive journal around anxiety and nervous system regulation and, um, an integration call. So you can find that on my website, which is www.easywonderfullife.com. And I'm on all of the social media platforms um, with my name, Meredith Driscoll, spelled weird, but I'm sure there's show notes 
we'll look at the show notes. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You have been incredible, Meredith. I, if I was to pinpoint just one thing I've loved about this conversation, it is the level of honesty that you came to within yourself. And, and I would even go a step further, the action that you decided to take from that, right? Not just sitting with like, well, I'm aware and I know this is happening, but you know, a lot of people get stuck and, but I don't know what to do about it. And they'll be given messages over and over and over, and they won't take action on those messages that keep showing up. So then that becomes the pattern. So mm-hmm. I love the work that you are doing. And I'm just so grateful that you were able to share um, just even an ounce of that with her money club. So oh, it's thank my you. pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for the opportunity to share. Yeah, absolutely.